Before we get into our classic Loveline episode, let me tell you about our friends over at Stamps.com. Holidays are almost here. You don't have time for the post office. You don't have time for the post office anyway. You're busy. You're important. It's going to be packed with people. They're mailing gifts behind them, coughing and snorting. Ugh. No, use Stamps.com instead. Buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer. Easy and convenient. The mailman can just pick it up, and they got a special offer just for my listeners. Use promo code CLL, that's CLL, for a no-risk trial, $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and 55 bucks free postage. Ah, people can't give away money fast enough. 55 bucks free postage and the digital scale, CLL. Use that promo code. Go to stamps.com right now. Before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in CLL. That's stamps.com. Promo code CLL. The following program is a podcast1.com production. The following program is a podcast1.com production. Well, the man is so right. Let me give the phone numbers out real fast. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. 1-800-568-3191. The fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew. He is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And tonight, our guest is Justin Whalen. He plays Jimmy Olsen on Lois and Clark, the, the series that people laughed at when it came out. Did they really? Don't play stupid with me. Drew. I didn't know. What do I know? Yeah, we're making. Oh yeah, we got this Hawaiian Superman, and we're making this movie. Of, we're making like a series about Superman again, and everyone went, "This is a joke. No one's going to watch this." But that was three years ago, and the it's thing keeps going. Right. No joke. Yeah. So uh, apparently, it's got up ahead of steam, and uh, Justin's going to come in and tell us all about it. Drew, how you doing tonight? I'm all right. You know, we got incredible response to your song. Well, the song that you inspired. And what that, song uh, did I inspire? And uh, that the maestro engineer, the one sack wonder, right. the one nut wonder, Mike. I mean, the one from, we didn't have a song last night, did we? Put together. It wasn't last night. Right. We gave it a break last right. Thank night. You. But back by popular man. No. Demand. <laughs> yes. No. Yes. No. I knew you guys Dr. were up to something. Drew. No, I knew it. And can I say that? Pee on this stick. Makes me sick. Pee on this stick. Makes me sick. If I find you stealing my underwear again, here's what's going to happen. Asshole. Stuff like this. Stuff like this. Stuff like this. Makes me sick. You're fat. Asshole. You're fat. Can I say that? You're fat. Darn. You're overweight. I want to be dominated. You're gay. I want to be dominated. You're gay. When I was 19, I ate about four boiled peyote buttons and stayed up all night but felt no effect. It's called intimacy. Can I say that? This is not acceptable. Can I say that? You're fat. Not acceptable. Pee on this stick. Not acceptable. Boiled peyote button. Not acceptable. You're overweight. Not acceptable. 
Can I say, Can that? I say that? It is sweeping the nation, Drew. It's You're all the gay. kids are talking about. We're going to come out with Drew uh, lunch pails <laughs> next week. And let me tell you, if that godforsaken Hall & Oates song, Man Eater, can climb the top of the charts, and certainly the Can I Say That song should be at least crack the top 50. So those... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be playing that periodically, week in and week out, until Drew eventually kills himself. Right, until my head explodes. Or, or, <laughs> or Engineer Mike comes up for one for me. Heather! Hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. How you doing? Good. What's going on there? Um. Well, basically, this is the deal. Um. Basically, I work with someone and um kind of like started a relationship with her Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this a boss of yours yeah i think so okay she's above you yeah just slightly she's above you and on top of you <laughs> well, now do you, are there children i hear that you're with right now yeah these are your kids uh yeah what do you mean you have to hesitate about that what what, what do you mean Oh, no, I'm babysitting for a neighbor. Now, the job you're talking about is not babysitting, is it? No. Okay. All right, so do you have children? Yeah. You do? Married with children, Al Bundy, the whole thing. All right, you have your own children, and you're not babysitting at this time? Mm-mm. Okay. She's being facetious. Continue, Heather. What is your question? Um. Basically, um... The relationship that I started with this person, she, I, it was very brief and. Um, right, because you lunch was over and you guys had to get back to work. No, 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 no. It wasn't like that. But I mean, things were stopped and basically we went back to work and at a staff meeting she basically told me that that I was not being the person that I should be. Heather, <laughs> I want you to. I want you to put this in the form of a question, whatever it is. How can we help? <laughs> All right. I've, I've had enough of this. I am so tired of us coming out of the chute, falling face forward into a big pile of, of horse flop. I hate that. Don't you hate that? For John. No, I mean, it's like we're at the Santa Anita. We're like at the, yes. we're at the race and we track. Trip. The whistle goes. The gate comes flying you, you, open. You get stuck in the gate. Our shoes are tied together. Yeah. We just land a big pile of crap. Yeah. I don't know who to blame. I blame myself. Good. <laughs> oh, actually, I blame my parents. You are too. to blame anyway. <laughs> Chris. Yeah? What's going on? Uh, cool. If you read the thing... I can go on the internet and just, like, talk. I, like, lost my internet virginity at age nine. What does that mean? It means, like, somewhat... Do you know what VRSEX is? No. And, well, it's basically, um... Some, over the internet. Somebody put a keyboard up your ass? <laughs> no, it's not that fun. Okay. That's cool. I want to try that. Okay. Okay. Let, uh, are you talking to another self-help radio show at this time that we should know about? Uh, no, no. Do you have a voice in your head? Yes, yes. It's, it's telling me many things to do. All right, listen to this voice in your head. Uh-huh. Tell us your goddamn question. Okay. My question is, like, how could, like, whenever I try and, like, stop doing all this nasty stuff on the Internet, my friends egg me on because they know I read Anne Rice, and they're like, oh, yeah, we need the poetic erotica. I love her books. So. You're gay. No, no, wait. I know. I've had enough of this. 
Well, all right, Chris, I don't know what we can say. Uh, if, if it bothers you, if it's a preoccupation, don't do it. Okay. It's Are you done? Simple. Don't do That's it. That's enough of that. I'm... <laughs> I'm ready just to take my microphone and do the rest of the show from a bar. Steve. Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Please save us, Steve. Uh, got a little problem. I was wondering if you guys can help me with. Uh, well, first of all, I think you guys are doing a good thing. Just like to say that. Thank you. Um, it's appreciated, I'm sure, by many, including myself. Um, little question I have. Uh, actually, a little problem I had uh, with, with Crystal about a year and a half ago. It didn't agree with my brain. How, um, long, how long had you been on it for well, to tell you the truth, it was kind of a whirlwind tour of about maybe eight months or so, pretty much every day. And what do you mean it didn't agree with your brain? No, I was I was being slightly facetious about that. I mean, the real problems have started afterwards. Um, I did it for about, and I'd never really done it before. I was in a high-pressure job, sort of, and uh, and I, I, I started doing it and then just continued doing it straight for about eight months before I said, whoa, put the brakes on and quit altogether. All right. And what's your question tonight? My question tonight is now, about a year, year and a half later, um, when I get when I get heated up or you know upset or angry or something like that, I get sometimes I get to the point where it's like I feel like those days that I was using it, I feel like um, you know so intense about things that I almost have to say you know excuse me and step out and and uh, take a breath or whatever you know almost to the point where I'm like seeing things and like lightheaded and that sort of thing and I'm wondering if they're related. How long have you been off it? Oh God, about probably year. Probably a year and a half almost. Doing any other, are you doing any other drugs? None. Nothing. No what, alcohol, no, nothing. Were you doing anything else with the speed or prior to the speed? Yeah, during it a little bit. A little drinking, uh, you know, mostly beer social, stuff like that. How about before the speed? No. Nothing? Well, yeah, smoking a little pot here and there, but nothing with regularity. All right. Um, usually the, the sort of paranoias and agitation and whatnot that people get if they come off speed resolve within about six months. All right, Steve? There are, however, in persistent problems with anxiety very often, anxiety at panic attacks. Right. Uh, people on cocaine will particularly get this, and sometimes they don't begin until five years after they stop using. Really? So to have persistent anxiety and mood disturbances after you stop using is not that uncommon. Uh, I, I can't tell you for sure whether or not they can be chronic with speed because the, the sort of widespread addiction to speed has only been around like five years or so. Right. We certainly can see chronic stuff with cocaine. I suspect it will settle down in a few years and maybe be more than you would have been had you not used the speed but not terribly troubling to you. Right. That would be my prediction. Have you heard anything about, about sort of seeing sort of hallucination-type things? You know, almost like it's, it's not like seeing objects dancing around, but, I mean, I'm talking more like seeing seeing a certain color sort of or seeing a like a pattern um, like let's just say the color purple, like in yeah. front of my eyes sort of thing, you know. If, if that's happening, I would get that checked out. I mean, you could have some residual seizure activity even from speed. Uh, speed, it is alleged, there's some evidence now that it can cause some brain damage, so uh, it makes sense that you might have some visual problems or even thought problems uh, persistently. But I, I, I've never really, myself, never seen any persistent problems routinely like that. Okay. Now I have a new mandate for the listeners. Yeah. Here's what I'd like everyone within the sound of my voice to do, everyone who's even had the slightest notion of ever calling this show. I want you to begin your inner monologue now. I want you to begin the inane rambling that you do when we put you on the line. I want you to start it right now. Yeah. When you get to the point where it becomes poignant. And you have a question. Funny. Or you just have a good question. I want you to stop. 
that's where I want to start. Then pick up the phone. Then pick up the phone. Or even if you're on hold, begin the inane rambling now in the inner monologue form. Stop at the question, and we'll take it from there. Brett? Yes. um, My question is, uh, I have uh, two parents, and uh, they're getting... Imagine that. (laughs) Drew's getting testy now. Yes? And they're getting a divorce. Right. And uh, they're not making me choose between them or anything. But uh, I'm just wondering how I should go about choosing uh, something like this. How far away are they moving apart? Oh, uh, my dad's going to be living in Torrance. My mom's going to be living here in Huntington Beach. Um, it's not that far, but and there'll still be visitation. I'm just wondering who to live with par- primarily. So yeah. Th- yeah. They're going to have mutual custody of you? Uh, no, I think, I'm not sure how it works, but, you know, I'd see, like, one of them on weekends and then live with the others. Um, right. During, yeah. Yeah, that you know, my my folks got divorced. I sort of split it up. Did you? Yeah, went over to my mom's. I think it was at my mom's house three nights a week. My so, dad's house. So you needed a what? Uh, you know, chocolate pudding or something. Then you went back to your dad's. <laughs> oh, my dad was no prize. Let me tell you, his cooking. You know what my dad would do? He would cook spaghetti. Then he would open the ragu jar right out of the fridge and just dump it right on. He didn't even heat the frickin' stuff. It wasn't bad enough that it wasn't homemade. I mean, it's right out of the jar, but he would dump it. Right on top. So it sort of got Luke and then went to cold by the time you're in. And then if he was feeling uh, especially, like, adventurous or it was a big occasion, like Christmas or New Year's, no, he'd open a can of uh, generic corn and dump <laughs> a little of that on top. <laughs> Terrible. And for for, uh, for dessert was Sara Lee pound cake with peanut butter spread on oh. it. I couldn't talk for three days after eating that stuff. But how did you make a decision who to stay with? Was it basically who lived near your school? Oh, I haven't made the decision. No, no, I'm talking to Adam. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't quite remember. I was pretty young. I was like seven or eight. So I guess they just they they moved like a mile and a half apart and decided, uh, you know, how just to do split it. them up. Right. I I don't think either one of me want either one of them wanted me full time. I think they actually had an, overheard an argument saying you take him. Brad, do your parents uh, seem to be suggesting something to you? Um, a plan. Not really. I think uh, they you... have, we've had friends that have been divorced, and they've seen, like, what's happened. Yeah. That, and they're just sort of leaving to me. That I think that's ridic- uh, not ridiculous, but a little unfair. Uh-huh. I, I think that you ought to make that decision with them, if particularly if you're having trouble deciding for yourself. I think they ought to give you some advice. They ought to, you know, make a plan for you. And they're, they're, your parents are crying out loud. This is their marriage making up, breaking up. It's their family. Well, and you just stay where you are. I mean, if you live in a house with your folks and your dad picks up and moves away into an apartment, you stay in your room, basically, and then you go over there and visit him on the weekends. Casey. Hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. Good. Thanks. Um, I have a question. Um, I was dating this guy for about two years, and, um, and we broke up about a year and a half ago. And for a year straight, he would call me up every couple weeks. Now, I never called him at all because I, I just wanted to have no attachment. That's um, right. You I should have said that. It's okay if you're <laughs> quoting someone, isn't it? It becomes art. It's like a song. No. Uh, no. Yeah, let me give a quick rule of thumb. Not only can you not swear over the phone or on this radio show, but you can't repeat swear words that other people said either. I'm sorry, I forget that. That is Murphy's Law, isn't it? That's all right, Casey. So you wanted nothing to do with this guy, and you made that abundantly clear, except you had sex with him twice a month. He was my first love. Twice a month? Every two weeks he called, came over, and had sex, but she didn't return his call. Listen, listen. He he would tell me that he loved me, and he would give me the impression that we're going to get back together. And he was my first love, and I loved him so much, and I still love him. And my question is, 
what do I do? I still love him so much, and he every once in a while he'll still he'll still do this, and I don't I don't. He is. And I don't. Give me a word, Adam, for this guy. Well, can I tell you? Mariah. No. Can I tell you one thing that he did do? A hole. Yeah, a jackhole. No, he's a jackhole. This guy is an asshole. <laughs> he's that too. I don't know what to do. I mean, I love him so much. He was my first love. The, what you do is you end all contact with him for six months, and your your perspective on him will change. How do I do that? Because this guy is abusing you badly. How do I do that when he calls me? Do not leave an answering machine on. Terminate any phone conversation. He comes and visits me at work? No. no. That's not acceptable. You do not have to allow him to do that. Yeah, and here's the deal with this, quite frankly. If you're open to it, if you are if you leave the barn door open just a crack, just enough for a little daylight to get through, the man will wedge his penis into it, pry it open, and slide through. That's how guys work. Leading with that. Leading with the penis, with a running start. I, don't I tried that once. I hurt my nose. I don't understand. We we had a wonderful relationship. And Can't see, you, you don't anymore. He you, just turned you, to crap. I mean, I don't. Yes, that's he, all, yeah, all guys I'm, do. Well, the guys are like a pinata out in the rain. They look good when you're bringing them back from Alvera Street, but man, as soon as they get wet, they just turn a big thing of paper mache mush. And and now my and now my self esteem is just crushed. Like I, I have no self esteem. I feel horrible. Uh, I don't think you will regain it unless you end this relationship. You have no opportunity to nurture yourself with your peers. And, and try to test your environment and then develop new relationships until you end this one. Yeah. The the self-esteem... And this one is an abusive one. Yeah, it, it's like... include his family as well? Because I'm real close with his family. You've got to terminate everything and get on with your life so you can rebuild your esteem. Yes. It is, it's like a, you know, it's like a wound. It scabs over and then you pull the scab off. And then you it scabs over and you keep picking on it. You have to just let it dry up. And when it comes to that first love stuff, I know... It's a toughie. I mean, but, but, but the, the rules apply even more importantly to that one. Yeah, because that's the one that's the hardest to get over, and you've got to just do it. You have to just end it because people it, cling to the most dysfunctional first relationships. It they is do. just such an ass kicker that first yeah, one. Yeah. But it only gets better because you become calloused and jaded and angry. And then it puts you in perfect position to ruin all your other relationships after that. And that's when it gets easy. Ryan. <laughs> yes. You're on Loveline. Yeah. Um, first of all, I have to say, my friend called in yesterday and I, while I was driving home, and he was telling you guys about my fear and hatred of sex. Oh, you're the one. Yes. Yes. I'm the one. Yes. And, and I just had to set a few things straight. Now, were you coming home from a Trekkie meeting? No. Dungeons and Dragon Club? No, I was just uh, coming home from his house. All right. And, uh, you know, heard him on the air, and I was like, what is this guy talking about? How'd you know he was talking about you? Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I knew. Because I don't know too many people that have the same fear of sex that I do. Okay, so, oh, you're not denying it? No. Okay. No. Well, what's up? What did he get wrong? Well... Despite the fact that my dad's a religious fanatic, mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with the scenario because he does not uh, pressure me in any way whatsoever. I developed this theory uh, or this hatred of it uh, approximately six six months ago, mm -hmm. about that time. Right. And, uh, I was living out of the house, so so he has no. Uh, okay. How did you develop it? Well, a <clears throat> uh, while back, probably about a year ago, I was uh, in a relationship. 
and when the girl dumped me, it it just it killed me. It, it were you me. were you sexually involved with her? Uh, no, not at the time. Well, no, not at all. And uh, and let me tell you, when there's no sex involved, you can only be so destroyed. I I well, hate to sound like a big yeah jackal, I know, and, but and trust me, I know. It, the, when I look back at it in hindsight, it's like getting fired from a job you don't get it, paid it much at. Foolish, I mean, it's but, you don't like getting fired, but, but nah, you'll live. You, I mean, I, I dropped out of school. I so it really affected him. Yeah, it, but it, Ryan, you weren't into sex before this. No, I was. But you weren't having sex with the person who dumped you. No, you're right. All right. But it, it did affect me that much. Okay. I uh, went to some counseling. Um, a couple months after that, that didn't really do much for me. But then, just this summer, I got involved in another relationship with another woman. Mm-hmm. And um, the opportunity came up, but for some reason I was blind to it, and I really regret it because um, I feel like it probably would have been a good thing. All right, Ryan. Yes. I'm this close to replaying the phone call your buddy made last night. What do you got new for us? What do you mean? Okay, well, I, this is know, his I problem. All right, why are you scared of sex? I, I, I don't know. That's what I'm talking about. I, don't I know. think it's you're, you're afraid of intimacy, and you were hurt by the relationship you did lose, and you have a sense that being physically intimate with somebody will connect you more intensely emotionally with them, and I think that is accurate. And I think you should have a healthy concern or anxiety about being sexually active but i suspect if you find a relationship with which you're comfortable and which you achieve some degree of emotional intimacy finally when you're finally open to that again then it will seem more appropriate and more you'll be more at ease with the idea of a physical relationship because you already have connected emotionally so my advice to you is just to be very slow about it find a good relationship settle down in it and i bet all this stuff will settle down yeah and once you get the balls rolling it'll be fine do you understand ryan yeah. You just need a little push. You, but you were hurt too badly by that first relationship. And thank goodness you hadn't been sexually active, or God knows how badly you could have been oh, traumatized. Oh, yeah. No, because that, if no, that, laid? No, because oh, that makes it worse, humanity. Adam. And it's that back to that first time thing again, too. It makes it a lot worse. And that's why people need to be careful with those those kinds of relationships. All right. Yeah. Unless they enjoyed enough that they go out and find another sexual relationship and stop complaining about the one they just lost. And we'll be back. Call Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. That's 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. Loveline will be right back. Hey, yeah, you're, I know, you're listening to Classic Love Line. You're like, oh, crap, they stopped and commercials are running. Well, this isn't a commercial. This is something more important than that. This is about IFC's Spoils of Babylon, which will hit your eyeballs on Thursday, January 9th. Yeah, 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 I know it's not even Christmas yet, and you're like, what the hell are you talking about January 9th? But if I don't tell you now, you'll forget, because you'll be so drunk and ridiculous over Christmas, you won't remember this. So put it in that freaking phone of yours right now. The Spoils of Babylon, featuring Kristen Wiig, Toby Maguire, Will Ferrell, Jessica Alba. Oh, Jessica Alba. DVR, get ready. Val Kilmer, Haley Joel Osment, Tim Robbins, Michael Sheen, and about a gazillion other people. It premieres on IFC Thursday night, January 9th, and there's going to be two back-to-back episodes. I hope Jessica Alba's in both of them, because, well, you know, you need that kind of material for the cold winter months. Anyway, you're going to go back to Classic Love Line in just a second. But right now, get that damn phone out and put this in your calendar. 
Watch IFC, Thursday, January 9th. Spoils of Babylon with naked Jessica Alba. Am I making that part up? Probably, but you'll have to watch and see. Dr. Drew! Yeah, Mike, this podcast, I'm telling you something, very interesting. It is. It's interesting for a guy like me and interesting for a guy like Craig you. Craig Shoemaker. The love master Craig Shoemaker stops by, and we don't talk about anything in the world of comedians. We he's, talk about... Yeah, he's not funny. But, <laughs> but but in spite of him being not funny, he was still funny, by the way. But he was serious. We, we had a really interesting, serious conversation about uh, his criminal past, which I didn't know I about. I agree. We don't. We talk very about his criminal past. We talk about uh, borderline personality yep. disorder. Yep. We talk about depression, alcoholism, a lot of uh, very interesting, very serious stuff on the new Mike and Dr. Drew show only at Podcast One. Hi, I'm Robin Leach with those champagne wishes and caviar dreams. And you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Corolla. You certainly are, and here's the phone number, 1-800-LOVE-191, the fax number, 310-854-4455. I am Adam Carolla. He is Dr. Drew, and joining us in the studios, Justin Whalen. You know him better as Jimmy Olsen from Lois and Clark. Now, you don't look like the Jimmy Olsen from the old series, and I guess you get that all the time. Yeah, no, I, I don't look much like him, uh, but... The, uh, the the whole idea behind him has changed but, a lot. Yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, but Dean Cain doesn't look like George Reeves. No, nor does he play the bumbling idiot like Christopher Reeves did in the movies. So uh, let me yeah. ask you: Does uh, Dean Cain? Does he? You ever see him like in his dressing room shoving a ball of socks or something down the front <laughs> of the outfit? Because that is the first thing I would do. No, no, I don't think so. I would put like a folding chair in an ottoman <laughs> and just come stumbling out on a set, set no, every baseball day. Baseball bat or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of those big sausages you see hanging in the window. All right, all right, day. Adam, we got it. We got the idea. God are Almighty! You with me, yeah, I'm with I'm you. Interviewing again. Yeah. Okay. Indeed you are. Go put your thumb up, someone. I'm busy over here. All right. Now, Justin, let's talk about the show. You've been on it for one season. It's been on three seasons now. This is actually the end of my second season. And did you replace a Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. Um, a guy named Michael Landis was playing him the first year, and uh, I started the first episode of the second year. So the, is it kind of the thing like the drummer in the Partridge family or something? Did they kill him and then bring you on, or what'd they do? Um, no, it was it was kind of uh, just a switcheroo. I, I don't really know all the reasons behind it. I think the network felt he looked a little bit too much like Dean, and they wanted a little bit more of a look differential between the two. What characters. is Dean's nationality? He's Japanese and German. I, I don't know. He's, he's definitely... Um, Adam, that nice. would be Hawaiian. That's Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah. Next time, you see, that's what I figured, right? Yeah. Next time you see him, say mahalo. Mahalo. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell him. That. And he'll give you one of these. That's I'm giving the hang loose thing. <laughs> He's real proud of his Japanese heritage. He's, uh, let me tell you, you you learn the word mahalo, you know you you speak Hawaiian essentially. Don't what, you? E what exactly does mahalo mean? Oh, that's the beauty of mahalo. It means throw your trash here. It means uh, welcome off the airplane. It means uh, go the hell back to the mainland. It means uh, thanks for attending the Don Ho show. It, it, <laughs> mahalo just means everything. The laziest culture Fast, in the world. Fasten your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt, mahalo. Yeah. It's all mahalo. All right, we're going to get back to the calls, but I just want to talk to you real quickly about, first off, what did you win an Emmy for? Oh, um, I won an Emmy for an after-school special with Meredith Baxter and Joanna Cassidy about uh, lesbian mothers raising Oh, someone. I remember that. You were one of the lesbian moms? Yeah, yeah. I played. Uh, it was a real stretch. 
But, but, no, you were the kid who was being raised, and yeah, um, I was raised, and it was about the prejudice that I dealt with with having t two lesbian mothers. Right. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, they had stuff about like like a real hard hitting after school special would be like Mom burnt the fudge was one of them. <laughs> they just didn't. Could you imagine when you were growing no. up an after school no. special being about le lesbian moms? In fact, I think that's where the conjunction junction originated was somewhere in between the after school specials. Well, even this one was a little little too hot a topic for for even these days um a lot of affiliates wouldn't air it but you got the emmy out of it but i got the emmy so and it really wasn't one of those cheap local emmys was it no no, no it was a real emmy it was the real deal so you know these people that say yeah, i want an emmy but it's for fresno like a local <laughs> emmy it's just a fresno they did like no. a used car commercial in fresno <laughs> won a local emmy and they're put mounting on their hood and bragging about it no it's all real right deal. we're going to the phones you're going to help us out billy hey hey you're on love line adam how are you good dr drew billy Got a little question for you. Go ahead. Uh, a question about herpes. All right. Remember, we're calling those happies now. Oh, right. Yeah, I got the happies. We're going to make um, make people comfortable about talking about them. Well, actually, I don't I don't think I have them. Um, somebody said that she thinks I have them, but I have never had any symptoms of having the happies. She has been diagnosed with them now? Well, that's sort of speculation. Not uh, It's not like the, the big, nasty, seething... Heinous happies. Uh, had a little abrasion. <laughs> You're gonna have to stop talking with uh, you know metaphor. W what happened? She went to a doctor and they said you probably have herpes. Uh, yeah. Okay. And how long ago did she get diagnosed? Uh, th this is a while ago. How long ago did you have contact with her? Uh, this is. It's been months. Okay. And she alleges that you were the only person that uh, she had contact with before going in for this for this test. Right. All right. Um, I've never had it. I've never had any symptoms at all. Indeed, either of you could have had it and not know it. Okay, it is certainly more likely for a woman to have it and not know it than a man because there's so, it's usually pretty visible, even if it's not terribly symptomatic. Men will notice something. Uh, typically, it is quite symptomatic and it's often associated with a flu-like syndrome and a lot of swelling of the lymph nodes down in your inguinal area. That initial outbreak, which it can be quite uncomfortable, quite a lot of burning and pain, can would usually resolve within two weeks, and then it will recur. It will recur generally in the same place that the original outbreak occurred, and the uh, subsequent outbreaks are much less intense, and they tend to sort of recur less frequently and less intensely with time, and finally really kind of stop occurring. Now, let me ask you a happy-related question, Happy's. Happy's-related question. Happy simplex. How often is your, your normal outbreak? Let's say I have the happies. Mm -hmm. I've had it for a while. I've had my initial outbreak. Is there an average? I know it varies from person to person. I know it varies to stuff like exposure to sunlight and, right. and stress and stuff like that. But what would be your average? I would I would speculate that in the first couple of years, anyways, probably every one to three months. Okay. And then it tends to get longer and longer between the intervals. The intervals between the outbreaks get longer and longer as time goes along. And women may not know they have it. They can just feel some pelvic pain, feel kind of uncomfortable, feel is like that, have a is flu. Is that because the happies is, is, is lodged in them? Can't or? be up inside. That's right. And, and guys, let me, let me tell you, nothing gets by a man in his penis. But but the but it may when it goes men. Am I right, a, Justin? Oh yeah. But men also have a great deal <laughs> of denial. Go the fine tooth comb every night, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, that's my best friend. <laughs> but men also have a great deal of denial, and they may see something there and go, oh, I don't want to see the doctor. It's okay. It's not hurting me. And it goes away in two weeks, and they go, oh, it's nothing. Forget it. Well, what and I'll do is if I have some discoloration on my penis, I'll paint my penis that entire <laughs> color so it doesn't stand out and I can move on. Well, the only time I've ever had a sore on it is when I used it too hard when I was a kid. Me, we, me. We're driving in a nail? <laughs> what are we using it for, Billy? Well, you know, it's... It, 
Oh, I see. Things got a little rough. I understand. Wait, wait, were you by, I mean by yourself or with somebody else? Of course, by myself. Yeah, I'm, it was one of those sick days from junior high? No, it was every day at junior high. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> so right. either of you could have had it, frankly, more likely to have been her that had it. It's a case in point for why people should wear condoms, because people can carry harbor things and not even know it. And certainly if you do have any any hint or belief that you might have herpes or warts, you've got to wear a condom because you are always potentially contagious. Sarah. Hello. Hey, you're on Loveline. Hi. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yes, sir. I am interested to know if it's possible for a woman to be sewn up somewhat to, uh, oh, shall I say, make everything a little tighter. You mean like if you have an, have an episiotomy after you give childbirth exactly, or something? Exactly, that sort of thing. But I'm what, what, just for people that don't understand the whole, you guys are looking at the strangest, most no, painful look. <laughs> no, I'm going to have this operation performed <laughs> on my wife. If I can't make mine bigger, I mean, if we can't bring... Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, Mohammed can't go to the mountain, we're bringing the mountain to Mohammed. That's what I'm saying. What was that? I don't know what that was. Is the mountain moving? The mountain came to Mohammed. Uh it's all relative. Well, this is for people that don't understand. What happens very often when the first child is born, uh, the women will tear. Right. And so to prevent that, the doctor will cut along the perineum, uh, you know, maybe halfway to the rectum even, and then sew it back up again. And there still can be some tearing, and sometimes the tearing even goes right through the rectum. No! Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Very unpleasant. Uh, the answer no to your kidding. question is, yeah, but... You know, I'm thinking when I get married, I'm going to have my uh, wife's mouth sewn up, too. I mean, not completely, but just enough to make the penis look wider. <laughs> would, you, would you agree with that, Drew? No, no, no. But, Sarah, yeah, there can be things like that done, but it, it's not something that is a big deal for people. Sarah, what, what's going on? Well, no, it just seems to me like... Um, it seems to me like you shouldn't be obsessing about things like this, frankly. Well, Drew, no, let I her talk. Well, I wouldn't call it an obsession for one thing. I'm Preoccupied. I'm a matter of curiosity. Thinking about it. All right, it can be done. Um, the answer your, if it's just curiosity, the answer is it can be done. Sarah. Yes? When you have sex with your man, is it like ringing the dinner triangle? Is that what's going on? <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But, I mean, it seems like... Um, it's like a straw in a big well, gulp, you know, isn't it? I mentioned it on the show one time how it, you know, I mean... In, Obviously, they were being flippant somewhat. It's not the question. Stop worrying about penis size. Start worrying about vagina size. Um, it just seems like if everybody's so worried about their penises being too small, but if you just made the vaginas a little smaller, then it wouldn't be really an issue anymore. But the, the size of the male genitalia is not an issue of experience for the male. It's, it's, it's some kind of strange. Oh, yes, it is. No, no. Drew, let me say this, and I'm, and I'm serious now. How about a drawstring? being woven in there somehow could be like a crown royal sack when it'd be like a golf glove you know the, the size it fits all you, you you're with a man you want to feel a little better you cinch it up a little you're with another guy you let a little out yeah <laughs> sarah yeah it can are, be done are you repulsed no are you going to get it done no. Okay. I am repulsed. <laughs> the whole idea of someone coming near your genitals with something sharp just frightens me. Well, yeah, there's the whole piercing yeah. thing. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it? No, I, I wouldn't do it. You don't have any tats, any piercings? No, I'm, I'm, I, would, I wouldn't do it. You still get chicks? Okay. Don't be modest. You get chicks. Yeah. But that's probably because of the TV show. But right. you'd probably still get some on your own, right? Once in a while. Not the same caliber of Not chick, the same caliber. But definitely. some. Some. I mean, they're... Certainly, there's some. All right, there's one. I got one. Just, yeah, just Jesus, do, do, man. Do, do not agree to everything this man says. He, God only knows what he'll have you agreeing to in a few He's moments. Me down a road. Yeah, oh, believe me. Down. We're gonna go a little farther down the road when we come back. 
Hello. Call Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Loveline will be right back. Still going to the post office? What? No. You get postage on demand with Stamps.com. Unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes. That's right. They're open 30-10. I've rounded up from 24-7. You can buy and print official U.S. postage right from your own desk. You've got a special offer. you got a promo code CLL. That's right. Use our promo code CLL. There's a no-risk trial. $110 bonus offer includes a digital scale and 55 bucks free postage. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in CLL, that's stamps.com, promo code CLL, and enjoy your classic love line. He's back here on Love Line. The phone number 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. 1-800-568-3191. Fax number 310-854-4455. We're here with Dr. Drew and Justin Whalen. Justin, you may know as Jimmy Olsen on the uh, hit TV series. I guess we can call it a hit, right? Yeah. Lois and Clark. It's on uh, Sunday nights on ABC. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Entertainment Weekly called it a hit, so you're more than welcome. Oh, they did? Yes. So officially we're a hit now. Now, what's your guys, uh, what place you guys coming in? How are you doing in the rating? Um, it depends week to week, but we're usually mid-20s to low-20s. You beat The Simpsons? Yes. <sighs> Sorry, man. There's no justice. No, not that your show's not fine. I just happen to love that. Yeah, whatever, man. The Simpsons. It's cool, man. <laughs> it's okay because we're here every Sunday night. Next week, maybe we'll do some sort of simulcast where we have the whole gang in here and they run the show and everyone turns the sound down and we just basically improvise. Oh, that would be fun. We'll put it up on the monitor. I'll play the part of Dean Kane. You play the part of, uh, what's her name? Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher, Drew. I think you could pull that off. Mm. You might have to show a little leg, but that's not going to hurt ratings. Matt? <laughs> yeah. You're on Loveline. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Matt. Andrew. Um, I have a question about steroids. Anabolic steroids? Yeah, to build bulk. Right. And I was wondering what the uh, side effects were uh, and what the... I've heard about those roid rages, and I just want to know what the... The side effect profile is... Prodigious. It's a protein list of problems, uh, not the least of which is death. Okay? Uh, mood disturbances. I've seen people commit suicide from these drugs. There's serious liver problems, kidney failure, heart attacks, strokes, high blood pressure. Go to the penis, Drew. There, there's testicular shrinkage and fertility. No, no, I was, I was talking about chronic, me. I, chronic, <laughs> chronic erectile dysfunction. I've seen that. People who never again regain their erectile function. And these substances were never, ever meant to be used on healthy people. But wait there's, a minute, Drew, you look good in trunks. There's no way that something like this is going to enhance your health. It can only put you in danger. Matt, why do you need this? To build bulk. Right. But here's the deal. Let me give a quick uh, physique thing here. And, uh, Justin, you, you jump in any time. You, you seem like a healthy lad. 
You, you look you look like you're in proportion. Thank you. Uh, I haven't checked the uh, nether regions yet, but everything looks like it's hanging fine on him. Stop looking at me that way. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, listen. Yeah. Let me tell you what women like. Let me tell you about the guys who bulk themselves up too much. By the way, this is for men. It's not for women. Women don't like it. Men bulk themselves up so other men fear them. Women cannot stand big, jukebox-looking, dorky, bulky, clunky guys. Women like guys with physiques like swimmers, guys with physiques like middle middleweight. I'm saying this because basically I'm like Middleweight <laughs> boxers, guys with physiques like dancers or cyclists or something like that. Why do you want to bulk up? Is it for football or something? I'm just real scrawny. Yeah, but look how much trim, you know, your, your David Bowie's and your, your uh, Mick Jaggers. Yeah, Mick and, Jagger did just fine. Although i got to believe some of that's got to do with the band. i just got to believe that. might have been a couple drugs, but I don't know. <laughs> the point is, and also, when you change yourself too much, you know what you look like? You look like one of those cars, you see, when some guy gets himself like a uh, 79 Datsun B210. Basically gets like a $400 car, and then he sinks eight grand into it. He puts the he puts the top on it. He puts the wheels on it. He d gives it the the paint job. He does it, and what it basically looks like is a four hundred dollar Datsun that you sunk too much into, and you just look like a bigger a hole. All right. The body is the same way. When you try to alter the body too much, you start looking funny. Your face puffs up. You get acne. It's not worth it. Dude. Yeah. Plus the whole penis factor, which I could do a show on. Huge. Well, I heard not huge, small. Well, yeah. Big factor, small penis. Exactly. You, heard, you heard the what? I heard they make roids now that uh, don't shrink size. Look, the the if they're anabolic, if they're androgenic, they have these side effects. That's it. Matt. Yeah. Start a band. <laughs> Am I right? That's what you got to do when you're lanky, or or you know, start writing poetry, get weird, grow your hair out, and and you know, chicks love that whole kind of. Right they love that yeah, scrawny, spindly, disheveled look, and start getting angry. <laughs> that gets that works too. Just walk around all pissed off and brooding all the time, and it's fine. Don't wash anymore either. You'll get a whole. You'll attract a whole new uh, class of woman that way. Ready to go back to the phones, there, Drewski? Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Krista. Yeah. Hi, Adam. How are you? How are you doing? Good. Good. Say hi to Justin. Hi, Justin. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. This is always a tough question. You watch Lois and Clark. <laughs> I'm so sorry I don't. Oh, for <laughs> Christ's sake. Does anyone have the brains to lie anymore? What happened to common courtesy? You're okay, good. definitely. Every um, Sunday. Sunday, every you enjoy Sunday. it? Oh, wonderful show. Wonderful. You think Justin's doing a good job? Wonderful job. Mm -hmm. Excellent job. Okay. okay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> okay, my question is, um, the last couple of months, I have had just no inclination at all to have a sexual relationship with my husband. And I'm wondering what I can do to get that kind of spark back there. How long has this been? It's been, I'd say, good two, three months. Justin Whalen, TV's Jimmy Olsen. What do you think? <sighs> Man, that's that's brutal. I I don't know. If you're if you're married, how long have you been married? We've been married uh, a little over two years. Two years, and mm -hmm. you don't find him attractive anymore? Um, no, it's not that. I I think it may have to do with I have a lot of stress going on in my life right now and a lot of decisions that I'm making, and um, it's just, it's not that he's not attractive. I'm just so stressed and kind of overworked that I'm so tired. I'm thinking that may have something to do with it. So feel... is he getting upset? Are you there? We're yeah. here. Is he okay. getting upset? I'm sorry, what? Is he getting upset about it? Well, kind of. He's kind of thinking maybe there's something wrong with him. Uh-huh. Now, 
does he take the proper channels to coax you into sex? Yeah. Does he give you like a, you know, draw a bath for you and uh, sprinkle a trail of rose petals over to the tub and do all that crap that never works? Not to that extreme, but he does do all that stuff, massages and makes me dinner and stuff like that. So, you know, try to relax me. It just it doesn't, something's not working. And, and I, it still ain't working because I got to tell you, the next uh, move he makes is going to be for hookers, Krista. <laughs> I know men. Oh, no. We'll start with rose petals and with hookers. <laughs> Krista, do you have kids? No. Oh, my God, no. Are you on, are you on any medications? Uh, no. Are you on the birth control pill? Nope. Did you recently come off the birth control pill? No. All right. You a Rush Limbaugh fan? <laughs> no. That can slow down the libido. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I, I agree with what these guys are telling you then. Just, uh, you know, it may just be, you're going to be married for a long time. You may have transient periods where that's not a priority, and both of you just have to be patient with that and uh, pay attention to it and try to find a way back. But uh, just recognize that a lot of things come to bear on your relationship, and this may be a time when that's not a problem. I'm going to get a lot of flack for this uh, next comment, oh, by the way. Uh, but should I just turn my headphone down? And maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm coming from a, from just a just maybe. Okay, just, just maybe. maybe. But here's my take: <laughs> Can't you just lie there and let him go to town? <laughs> How difficult is that? Tell him to do it while you're sleeping. Oh my God, he tries. It doesn't matter. I will wake up. <laughs> you wake up. I'll wake up. He'll say, "Honey, honey, come on, come on." I'll be halfway asleep, and I hear, "Honey, honey, come on." And I'm, no, no, no. I wake right up. No, no, no. But if he's nagging yeah, at you like that too, let let just just be there. I mean, you like the guy, right? Oh, I love it. Well, how many calories you burning just lying there? <laughs> Believe me, that's that's more than I get. He'd be thankful for that. You know, when a woman moves around and talks and stuff, that's an extra. That's like uh, Jimmy's on the Sunday. That's that's not standard. That's air conditioning in a moonroof. That's not tires in an engine. Do you know what I'm saying, Krista? Yeah. So what's wrong? So just Anne is giving me a look. Well, I'm just making. I want to know if maybe it's something that'll eventually go away, or if there's something. Will, that I Krista, I don't know how many different ways we can all say this. We believe uh, it's something that will eventually go away. Yeah, it's, it's going to be him. Thing. No, Eventually, he's going to go away. No, I don't think so. I think that, right. that when she's less stressed, when make there's other... Make some time for it. Make dude. some time. Make some time for, for it. Yeah, but try try to aim towards it becoming a higher priority, and uh, it'll be fine. Mm. Good luck. Oh, that's a tough one. Justin. Hey, how you not, doing? Not that Justin. This Justin. You're on Loveline. Uh, hey, Adam. Hey, Dr. Drew. Hey, Justin. Justin. How you guys doing? Good. Good, man. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, I have a question about the gay aptitude test. Yeah. All right, I listened last night, and uh, I, t I took it myself. I, 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 I'm, I only scored a 21. I think I'm safe. Yeah, you're, you're, oh, yeah, you're right. in there. And I, I gave it to a few people at school today, and huh. they all seemed, they, I mean, everybody got into it, and uh. I had women asking me if, if there was one for them. Yes, there will be the lesbian uh, aptitude test, is the uh, LAT, the LAT. Is, is that coming soon? Yeah, that'll be coming next week. Uh, is there an HAT? Yeah, the heterosexual, that'll be tomorrow night. All right. So, so again, poise yourselves with the uh, pad and pencil because that'll be coming tomorrow night. Yeah, I'm, I still have my people out there. I have a team of college students, interns. I'm, they're out researching right now. I've sent them to the bowling alleys. I've sent them to the golf courses and to the sandal shops around this fine country of ours. They're pulling together questions, and we're putting together the test as we speak. Okay. That's great. Oh, what about like what's going to be on this? Though? Have you got any ideas? Uh, for the for the lesbian yeah. test, well, there'll be there'll be you know there'll be talk about love of performers, of course, the, you know the Katie Langs and and um, 
a very southern female performance. There'll be the love of uh, sports. There'll be the short cropped hair portion. You know, if we can if we can see where the barber shaved the back of your neck, that could be something. Wait, is, is, I have a question here. Debate. I've had a Give yourself debate. a point for every flannel shirt you have. Stuff like that. Well, I've had a debate with my girlfriend. Is is Cheryl Crow gay? Is she a lesbian? Well, she'd have to take the test in order to be official lesbian. I, I would imagine. <laughs> I I don't think she's a known lesbian. No. Can you get her on the show to take it? Maybe. Oh, Anne is Anne is giving the universal uh, thumbs in with the lesbian look. Is, is that true? Anne is thinking yes. Oh, really? Although Anne 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 claims any uh, attractive, successful woman is a lesbian. Hey, she thinks on, uh, Candace me, Bergen's a lesbian. Less competition. I do not. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? I just made that up, Anne. Thank you. <laughs> Just trying to incriminate you on the air. Uh, yeah, well, if we get Cheryl Crow in here, I promise I will ask her about the lesbianism. Don't tell her it was me, though. Yeah, uh, Justin from I don't know where. Want to know if you're a lesbian? Yeah, what's she gonna do? Hunt you down and kill you? I'm, I'm hoping that. All right, but but do stay tuned for the heterosexual test, and then later, uh, possibly in this week or beginning of next week, the lesbian test. I feel like I'm doing something with my life at this point. What would that be? I feel like Rorschach. Not the guy from Welcome Back, Carter. The guy who came up with the psychological test. Right. I feel like uh, Pavlov. You're contributing to the uh, evolution of the, the, the scientific Yes, and I, I would like all, all the people within the sound of my voice to write these tests down, to take them to school, to work, to church, perhaps, to have people fill these things out, to find out. And if, God forbid, something should happen to me, well, then my minions will keep the dream alive. A lot like Martin Luther King. You have minions? Not, not really. I got one minion. All right, just <laughs> <laughs> Can you have one minion? <laughs> and we'll be back. Call Loveline. 1-800-LOVE-191. Loveline will be right back. This is an important announcement for anyone with a student loan who is having trouble making their monthly payments. If that's you, pay attention, because there's a special toll-free hotline that has been set up especially for you. So grab a pen and take this number down, or put it in your cell phone, 1-800-652-3707. That's 1-800-652-3707. When you call the National Student Loan Relief Hotline, you will get free information. That's free information to help you relieve the overwhelming financial burden of an ongoing and student loan. If you are behind, late on payments, or even in default of your student loan, the National Student Loan Relief Hotline can help you. You may also be able to cut your payments in half right away. The National Student Loan Relief Hotline can also stop the harassing phone calls, wage garnishments, and even remove tax liens. The National Student Loan Relief Partner Companies have helped thousands of people just like you fix their student loan problem. Call 1-800-652-3707 for free information today. That's 1-800-652-3707. Talk is, talk is, talk is Jericho. We have a great, great show. Edge, multiple WWE World Champion. We'll be here. One of the biggest stars in WWE history. We've got him. Talk is Jericho. Download it at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Crowell, he is Dr. Drew, and we're back with Justin Whalen, who you know better as Jimmy Olsen from Lois and Clark. Sunday nights, 8 p.m. 
ABC. And not only has he done this Lois and Clark show, but he has done movies. He's done TV shows. We won't get him, but I'll mention uh, Wonder Years Blossom, Mr. Belvedere. Never, never quite got that one. <laughs> Uh, Charles in charge. Oh, that was years ago too. That, yeah. uh, when uh, no, Scott Baio did Bale. that, uh, basically he whipped that up to give Willie Ames a gig, didn't he? Yes, I, mean, I think that was the that whole was the only thing behind, behind the show. show. Completely okay. behind the show. Good. Now, Child's Play three yep. from the theatrical world, and that wasn't a movie; that was a film. That was a film. Yeah, that, that was that was a, a small independent Sundance. Film. Yeah, I think Redford, the, the, I could feel he, yeah, he got involved with that was, one. He was really behind, behind, behind the scenes. Child, uh, Child's Play 3 was uh, not too big a departure from 1 and 2, which is this doll Chucky. became possessed and uh, and attacked Chucky, uh, attacked, tried to kill you. Yep. You were the kid. I was the kid. You were uh, you were the keeper of Chucky, correct? Um, I, I was uh, in the first two. I wasn't in the first two. I, pl- I came in the third, and I played the main character, Older. Um, and, again, it was Chucky coming after me to take over my body. Same mom, though, right? Same, or different? No, the mom wasn't in the third one. No mom? No mom. Just you and Chucky? Was there kind of homosexual thing going on there, or what? Well, we it was real deep undercover that whole homosexual. But, but that thing. was a lot of people didn't get it. That was the subtext. Yeah, that was running way deep, <laughs> way deep. <laughs> Back you had with to Robert. Really between read between the lines. For that. Here's the deal: if you're being, uh, if you if you get a doll and the doll tries to kill you, I, I understand, and you kill the doll and get away from the doll. But then you go get the doll again, and the doll tries to kill you again. And and I could even understand that because maybe it was a year or two later. But really, the third time, there's no excuse for getting the doll back. It was a really fun doll. Okay. You know, it's like your blow-up doll. It's like that. <laughs> you know, it's like you? you just can't give that thing up. You've been monkeying in my van again. Not really. We'll be Once back in ten. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Yeah, we're back. Let me give the phone number out for Loveline, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. The fax number, 310-854-4455. We're here with Justin Whalen from um, Lois and Clark. He plays Jimmy Olsen. We're here with Dr. Drew. Who would you say you play, doctor? On what? Fantastic. I'm Adam Carolla, <laughs> and we're going back to the phones. Cecilia. Hi. Hey. What's up? Nothing. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I just wanted to say hi to um, Justin. Hi, how are you? Hi, Justin. Good, how are you? Um, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I watch Lois and Clark every Sunday, and I think you guys are doing an awesome job on there. Thank you. Hey, it's not like he's writing the show, you understand. He just kind of shows up and they pay him. I yeah, know. I know. Oh, I'm you write the show? No. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I think that's cool. <laughs> now, what do you like about the show, Cecilia? Well, for one thing, um, well, I like all the actors in there, you know? Right. I think Terry, I think she's great. Right. You know, she doesn't play some bimbo, you know? No, so that's a little disappointing. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. She's doing a fine job, and she's become such a sex symbol. Oh, really? Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think uh, in large or in no small part because she's probably playing a more intelligent Character. If she was playing sort of a bimbo, I don't think she would have been um, become the nation's darling the way she is, and have her uh, picture spread out all over the internet and whatnot. Well, she's supposed to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. You ever think about Dean Kane? 
I'm sorry? You ever think about Dean Kane in a special way? Kane? Dean Kane? Yeah, he would be in the show that you love. <laughs> yeah, Superman. Yeah, that too. Yeah. I think he's really cute. Yeah. And, yeah. and are they married now? Not no, not yet. Weren't they getting married? Well, it was it was the oh, whole twist, oh, man. For Christ's sake, no, I saw them advertising were, the wedding one eight years ago. They They're not married yet. To get married. Cecilia but explained he has to amnesia. Him. Exactly. Tell him how it is. What happened? He had amnesia. Yeah. He thought he was back on Maui. <laughs> you know what? I resent you saying that Hawaiians are lazy people. When, no, when did you say that? I did say it. <laughs> I don't when remember you saying, saying that. When you were telling him to tell Dean Mahalo. No, all right. Mahalo me... happens to mean hello. And? And uh, I don't appreciate you telling people. But now, what else besides hello? Is... Well, let me explain why the Hawaiians are lazy. First off, they're linguistically lazy. They got four words in the whole vocabulary. They got aloha and mahalo. That covers like half their dictionary. Okay. Okay, that's number one. Number two, it's not, I'm not knocking them. All tropical paradise people are lazy. You know what they think about Californians here? But they you think know, tourist Arizona, bucks. That's what they think. Seattle, Washington. They think that we are so lazy, that we are so kicked back. Yeah, that's you know wh why. It's because they're jealous. Let me tell you something about this Hawaii. There's one building over two stories that was built by mainlanders. Do you understand that? You think Don Ho built that? You think Chin Fung or, or Jack Lord built any of that crap? Oh, these people sit around and whittle canoes all day. They make uh, hats out of husks. That's what these people do. You go over there, they give you a, they give you a longboard ride. I it's all tourism. I do need to. I'd like to go to Hawaii. <laughs> I think I keep this wrap up. They're gonna send me a few tickets. What do you think? Great strip bars in Hawaii. I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one uh, brand of people in Hawaii aren't lazy. It's the strippers. They work their asses off. How do you know that? Well, I, I, I went to Hawaii for four days. I spent five days in a strip bar. I, don't ask me how the math worked out on that one. I never saw the light of day. Everyone else was snorkeling and in longboarding. I sat in a strip bar. No cover charge. <laughs> Totally nude. Right, you can right, drink right. and you know see total nudity. All right, all right, oh my gosh. All right. You know what? I wanted to say hi to Justin and gee, thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> Bye, Zillia. Mahalo. Look, it's not a knock. The hotter the weather, the lazier the people get. It gets hot, they got a nap all day. <laughs> when they're there. You're not saying it's a lazy. No, I'm saying okay. oh, the whole well, island's lazy. Yeah, but anybody who happens to be fortunate enough to be there is probably going to get lazy. Well, we're on vacation. Eat. We can be lazy. Right. We're paying, you know, 300 bucks a night to stay in a Hilton to be lazy. I'm saying the indigenous people. And this goes for Tahiti. This is everywhere. Everywhere it's over uh, average temperatures over 80 degrees or the rain falls too much. Boom. You go to the cold weather places, people work. they got to keep moving. <laughs> you got to break a sweat. I, I'm so right. Come on. You know this. <laughs> Where else do they nap but in the lazy countries, in the hot countries? It's a big nap time. They don't have nap time in Germany. They're too busy cranking out vintage automobiles and watches and chocolate and whatnot. When, when's the last time you saw, like, Bora Bora try to take over the world? <laughs> they have the huts with thatch roofs over there. They lie around in the sun. They smoke pot and they eat pineapple and they have a great time. God bless them. They live to 150. All right. I'm lost now. What do you want to do? To uh, I want to take five for me, please. People know I'm right. That's why they get mad. <sighs> Lisa. Hi. Hey, you're on Loveline. Um, hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, hey, Lisa. Justin. Hi, Lisa. Loveline's really cool. You're all doing a good job. Um, I do watch Lois and Clark. Yay. Yay. Well, <laughs> good show. Um, I have a question for Dr. Drew. Yeah, what's up? 
Um, I take uh, Effexor, Plaquenil, and Tagamet. Right. And other times, pred- prednisone. Right. Do you have arthritis or something? No, I have, like, Irritable. long-term illnesses. Inflammatory bowel disease? Or what, what do you got? I have, well, there, I get, I have stomach trouble. They don't know exactly what. They can't really find out. Right. I have Hashimoto's right. disease, and I have possible lupus. So you're getting all the steroids and whatnot and the Plaquenil for this lupus thing. Yeah. Okay. So... So all kind of stuff. And what is I, lupus, Drew? Lupus is an autoimmune disease where your immune your immune system attacks various organs, most significantly skin and kidney and joints. Can I, it can also attack a lot. So if you have lupus, will you have skin conditions? You, you ever seen Pinky, the, the the painting over at the Huntington Museum? Oh, I thought you were talking about Pinky in the brain. No. They, they get a, what's called a malar rash, sort of a typical classic rash of lupus. Right, that's the bridge of the nose. You're, telling, you're giving a museum reference, Drew? Well, that that painting has a picture of somebody with do a Maylar eruption. Do they have a, the a porn section in there? The what? Is there, is there a porn <laughs> section in this museum? That's what they ought to do. Then I'd get out once I'm in a while. Igor and Brainiac. <laughs> Igor. All right, so Lisa, so <laughs> you're ass right out of here. So it's, so it's pla- Plaquenil effects or Antagamet, right? Yeah. All right, what's the question? And I get, like, I get really bad canker sores and... I have, like, a lot of sores in my mouth at times. Mm-hmm. I sometimes get them down in my throat. That can and, be part of lupus, you know. Yeah, and I some I used to take um, Zovirix. Right. And they said that they weren't sure if I could take it or not because I can't counteract it with, like, all my other medication. So is that true that I can't take it, or is there mm-hmm. anything else? I, there are th- two or three good antiviral drugs right now. There's Famvir. And Valtrex, both of which uh, would be alternatives to the Zovirax. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I doubt that this is actually a viral eruption you're getting in your mouth. If indeed you have lupus, mm-hmm. uh, the mouth sores are part of the lupus syndrome very often. And oh, okay. By the same token, all those medications you're on, mm-hmm. almost every one of them can cause mouth sores too by themselves. Oh, okay. So I you have more, more, plenty of reasons to be getting sores in your mouth, and I wouldn't be encouraging you to add another medication. Yeah. But just a caveat here, be careful with Effexor. That's one of the only antidepressants that I've seen a rather serious withdrawal syndrome from. If you come off, it come off very, very slowly. Good luck, Lisa. Charlene. Yeah. You're on Loveline. Hi. Hey. Hi, Dr. Drew. Charlene. Hi, Adam. Hi. Hi, Justin. Hello. Um, I'd just like to say that uh, I listen to your show every chance I get, and I think it's really informative. Um, and I also watch Lois and Clark every week. Um, I think it's kind of bad, though, how Lois lost her memory, though. Really sucks. Lois, lo- I thought Dean Kane lost his memory. No, Lois lost her no. memory. I-, I figure some people might get upset about that. Yeah, actually. I they, thought they were going to get together. What she was? What happened? Well, they got they got married, but it ended up he married a clone. And oh my god! Yeah, it's <laughs> very confusing. Long story. Long story. Basically, she ended up getting kidnapped by Lex Luthor, lost her memory, and they're kind of back to square one. But uh, so this is fiction. <laughs> no, it's real. Oh. I didn't know. Yeah. All right. So you you didn't buy that, Charlene, or you were upset by it? Um, I was upset by it because I, I was ready for them to get together because they've been, you know, playing like dating on and off. Right, like, right. Come on, just get together already. Right. Are, are, if they do that, are, you know, and the show will be over. So you, you're not one of those people who goes to the movies and yells at the screen, are you? <laughs> no. Okay. Almost. Just but, checking. Yeah. You had a question? Yeah, I do. Um, when my boyfriend and I first started going out, um. And we were having sex, and I used to come in pretty much all different positions. And then he started going down on me, and then I started to have an orgasm in that position, so or doing that. So then now I can't um, have an orgasm in any other position. Mm-hmm. 
so only when he goes down on me. You've been ruined. <laughs> is that what it is? Um, it feels that way. I don't know if it's psychological or what. Feels that way. I was trying to explain this last night when you wasn't I. Oh, don't give me that look. I don't know. This is when Ann started yelling at me in the hall about this one uh, during the commercial. I was saying you get used to a certain thing. Right, right. That feels good. That becomes your way. Right, right. Meaning, let me explain how the human body works. <laughs> I, I really, and not just sexually, but the human body is on a mechanical autopilot. When you get into your car, you do the same ritual every time with the seatbelt. You turn the stereo on at the same time. You revert everything. When you put the keys in the door and the deadbolt and you do that whole flip with the remote control on the TV, it's all the same. Otherwise, you would spend 45 minutes negotiating like the dishwasher every night and it wouldn't work. You go on autopilot. That's why when you go to someone else's house and they give you the TV remote, you go, where's the on button? And they go to the upper left. And you go, no, well, what's it doing there? It's not there. Where is it? And you can't find it because your thumb is on mechanical, physical remote. Otherwise, there would have to be 70 hours in the day for you to get through it. Do you understand, Drew? I understand. Sexually, kind it's of. no different. You get used to a certain thing. That thing feels good. That's what floats your boat. And all of a sudden, that's the way you become. That is the danger of going down on your woman, gentlemen. She could enjoy it so much that that could just become a... You'd have to quit your job and stay home. You know what I'm saying? Justin, you with me? You lost me at the radio part. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was right at the beginning. Yeah, I was... I, I zoned from there on out. All right. Okay. You got used to this. You, you didn't miss much. <laughs> Charlene, you got you you're gonna have to you know what you're gonna have to do? Here's what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to break yourself. Like getting a new TV and a new remote, like moving to a new apartment. You need to reacquaint yourself with your erogenous zones. You need to break the cycle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No going down for two weeks. I don't care what happens. You don't have an orgasm, you don't have an orgasm. <laughs> Believe me, love will find a way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought that might work. Yes, necessity is the mother of invention. If this guy got uh, cold cocked and had his, wa his jaw wired shut, you'd figure something out. <laughs> Lord knows if I broke my left hand, I'd become inventive. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, that's how it adapts. This is humans. You know, we cr came from the sea. Y you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the evolution of man. Came but, from the sea. I'm saying you evolved. I'm saying if I broke, if my left arm got cut off, I, I, I would start I, masturbating with my foot, I and I may not pull it off, but my kids and their kids would eventually get long, flexible legs. I so much with don't want to hear. I just so much don't want to hear about this. All I right. just, uh, you don't. What's the matter with you, Drew? You're all stuffy tonight, Carrie. Hi. Hey. Hi, Justin. Hi, how are Hi, you? Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Sure. Hi. Um, I have a problem. Um, it's kind of an unusual problem, I hope. Um, a mutual friend of my boyfriend and I um, has a very bad, um, well, actually, he's pretty much all around offensive, but the main thing that's offending to us is that he smells really bad, and it's causing a lot of stress in our relationship. I don't know what to do. Tell him. Well, oh, it ain't that easy. Which relationship <laughs> is getting stressed by this? Um... Well, actually, both. I'm treating um, my friend, I guess, badly because I'm starting to get really um, sick of it. And my boyfriend is, like, sick of hearing me talk about it. So does it not bother your boyfriend? Yeah, it does, a little. But not much. It bothers you more. Yeah. Is this Justin? Yeah. Yeah. 
I asked him about it. He says, well, he didn't like it, but he doesn't like complain about it. It's not a big problem for him. He's not. Women have more sensitive olfactory senses. And I'm not. They can smell things more easily than men. Really? Yeah. That's what. That is one of God's great jokes. That they can smell. That women have very sensitive sense of smell. Why? What's so funny about that? Well, um, because men have very not good sense of smell, but very. That goes good. along with my crawling from the sea thing. <laughs> There's certain duties men have to partake in where the nose does not need to be as developed. Yeah, but they tend to produce smells that are not exactly appreciated. Is by his the... birthday coming up? Well, it's what? Is is this friend of yours' birthday coming up? Not for a couple of months, but he always smells. I am some deodorant and some cologne as a joke gift or something. No, don't do oh, a joke. He's but, gonna love that. But but you you're gonna have to have some kind of direct conversation yeah, with him. But but him. I would do it from a, a in similar to the way you're describing. Go, get him some kind of a kit of things. You know, say look this. Oh yeah, that's not gonna be offensive. Whatever it's gonna be, it's gonna be troubling to him. But you're gonna have to do it. I mean, yeah. do it from the standpoint of of telling him you want him to be able to. Why don't you yeah. get him one of those uh, uh, suction uh, penis enlargers while you're at it, too, and just throw that into the kit? <laughs> why, why stop there? I, I imagine he needs it. Get him a toupee. Oh, no. Get him a book on uh, hey, how to pick up gonna, single women. He's going to lose the friendship if he doesn't do something. He's not. He doesn't know it. it Somebody you know the, I, I find that hard to believe. I mean, it's, he it's, doesn't, No, he, he doesn't, doesn't know it. We can be sitting in the same car. He can be in the back seat of the car, and if I'm in the front seat, I have to keep the window down. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know it? He doesn't know it. Okay. All right, Carrie, let me ask you this. It, do you think it has to do with hygiene, or is this something he's just spooing? Yeah. I was going to ask Dr. Drew about that. Oh, don't worry about Drew. I got the answer. <laughs> it could he be, has to I shave his butt. Is that the deal? <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I was seven years, and, and I'm 30 years old, and like I was telling Sherry, between those two things, I've never smelled anything like it. All right. Let let me explain how the funk goes. I've talked about this before. Yeah, you have. People have their own funk. People like to pass it off as, hey, that guy needs a shower. And sure, there are incidences when you see some guy and he's a transient on the street or something, and he smells because he's been, you know, sleeping under a bench or something. But most people who get up and go to work and everything, it does not have to do with hygiene. Most, but it, sometimes it does. You though. can put a dent in it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you put enough talc, and there's something. You put enough talc on yourself, you can you can mask almost any smell. But normally, you produce your own smell. Right. And it's not because he's a dirty guy. It's because he has his funk, and everyone has their own stink going. Yeah. Here's the beauty of stink, though, in human beings. Once you walk into the apartment, you go, oh, Christ, I couldn't take a second of this. <laughs> And then, like, four hours later, you're sitting in there, and you don't notice it until you go back outside again. We have, we're adaptable. Again, coming from the sea. I've thought about you before in his apartment, and it didn't work with him. It didn't go away. You know but, how you say you adjust? It, it, but so all right, so this guy's got a real problem. But when you open the door, you go, I am not going to be able to stand 30 seconds of this, and you can hang out in there. Yeah. You, you, you don't like it, but you can hang out in there. So do I just say, um, you know... Give him a gift, though, and uh, some some suggestions of what he can do. Oh, and, and, and Carrie, Carrie it. picture this. Let me tell you, even guys that don't get a funk going, they get it going when they're having sex. You get that whole sex stink going. Oh, Could you imagine this guy on top of you? Oh, my God. That's more he's, information oh, than God. we all Imagine him just going away. I'm trying to. Oh, he's on top, and he puts both hands up on the headboard. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, <laughs> Justin, am I right? There's a certain kind of funk you get going when you're having sex. You're scaring me. But it's true. <laughs> Isn't it? Come on. I, I, yeah. 
No. No. Yes, yes. Oh, come on. You, Drew, back me up. You release certain hormones. (laughs) The same ones you release when you're coming from the sea. Pheromones. Pheromones. Oh, it's a fair. Yeah, the pheromones. Well, you you release the hormones, and that creates the pheromones. All right, whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. All right, Drew, where's your horse been, by the way? It really really hasn't gotten out of the barn in a while. I'm I'm sure it'll it'll cut loose soon. (laughs) I'm I'm getting ready to cut loose in a second. (laughs) Uh, Matt? Yeah. You're on Love Line. (laughs) Drew's getting punchy over there. Drew, pull it together. Let's go. We got a show to do. Matt, ask Justin a question. Oh, I, that, he might know about this. I don't know, but it's more for Drew. What's up, Matt? Okay, me and my friend are joining Job Corps, and they have mandatory drug tests. Mm. It's Corps, by the way, like Marine Corps. No, it's Corps. Like a dead body. C O R P S E. C O R P S. That's Corps. Cor. That's Corps. That's Corps. Well, that, whatever. That's why he's joining. Yeah, exactly. No, and um, I was wondering how long or if LSD would show up in the urine test. Uh, I'm not aware of any widely used urine test for acid. I, I There are some blood tests now, and I had heard there's a urine test available, so I don't know if it's being done routinely. So I, in terms of how long it would be in the urine, it would be only for a day or two. Okay. Because that helps out. I'm planning a little psychedelic experience coming up. Fantastic. Hey, hey Matt. Yeah. Over there on the uh, job corpse, do you think they would feed you stuff like chili Rileno? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, another play on words, you see, Drew. Yeah, I, I just worry about the 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 casual approach to LSD these days. It's such a dangerous drug. He's going to the job corps and let him let him have a good time. I believe LSD stays in your system almost. Forever. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Forever? Possibly. Yeah. Well, it, it there's, there's debate tissues. about it, yeah. that, that it may stay in the fat forever. Yeah, forever. And some of the some of the theories are that, that, re, that the uh, sort of flashbacks are actually the release of LSD from the fat tissue. Exactly. Matt. Yeah. You looking forward to graduating the job corpse one day? Yeah, eventually. All right. Don't do the drugs. Keep your brain uh, pristine. Okay? So, so if you ever do decide to use it, at least it will be there as an instrument that could be used. Yes. Let me and let me say this, Matt. Yeah. We're all Uniqlo in our own way. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, Justin. Yeah. You're leaving, aren't you? Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you had enough? I, I, oh, plenty. You're gonna shower when you get home and try to. I'm gonna get rid of this smell, this thing. That's, <laughs> There's a funk in I'm here. Come from the sea, and my pheromones are gonna be all back together. Do you see what you learn on this show? Oh, I feel enlightened. Justin Whalen, I want to thank you for coming in. Uh, much success on the uh, Lois and Clark gig. Thank you very Again, much. Uh, 8 p.m. on ABC Sunday evenings. And we'll be back. Thank you. Love Line. Love Line. Love Line. The phone number for Love Line is 1-800-LOVE-191. We'll be right back. <laughs> Stamps.com. The holidays are almost here. You don't have time for the post office. You say fat to that. Post office is going to be packed with everyone mailing their gifts. You don't have time for that. Use Stamps.com instead. You can buy and print official U.S. postage. Use your own computer and your own printer. Easy and convenient. 
we got a special offer. Use the promo code CLL for a no-risk trial. 110 buck bonus offer, including a digital scale and 55 bucks free postage. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in CLL. Get it? Classic Love Line. That's stamps.com. Promo code CLL. Running with Nature with Mariel Hemingway and Bobby Williams. We have a very special guest today. The most popular baseball player we believe in America today. Brian Wilson. Come on. Come on, I'll man. Throw that out there. I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing it out there. And I'll receive Le- it. Left-handed, I'm throwing it out there. I'll receive it. <laughs> Good. What's the story behind the beard? No, I didn't invent facial hair. Come on. No. The beard is just a playoff thing. Hockey players do it. It's team unity. The whole bullpen grew it. I actually kind of liked it. It was fun. It was like this new character or this, uh, it was like Halloween every day. And you grow attached to things like that, like a new haircut or something. You know, you look at this person who has the same hair for 15 years. No one gets on him. But like, oh, the beard's over with. You guys lost. Well, it's not about losing anymore. It's about winning. And my face is winning and I like it. And I'm not quite sure what's underneath here anymore. I might not even have a face. Learn how to live the life you deserve. Download a new episode of Running With Nature at podcastone.com now. That's podcastone.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Summers, and you're listening to Love Line with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, so don't go away. That was really Ann. <laughs> Let me get the phone around. 1-800-L-O-V-E-191, 1-800-568-3191. The fax number 310-854-4455. I want to thank Justin uh, Whalen for coming in tonight and doing a wonderful job. He is on the road, and we are back here, and we're going back to the phones. Mina? Hello? Hey, you're on Loveline. Hi, Dr. Drew. What can I do for you? Um, Well, I have this friend, and um, she's about six years older than I am. Mm -hmm. And um, it seems that she has contracted the happies. Mm -hmm. And um, since she's had it, she's um, been involved with about six people, or Hmm. not involved, but, you know. And, um, And she knows she has it. Well, she... She's never been to a doctor about it. Right. Um, the guy that she got it from, when she started showing like she got these sores, he said to her, well, it's probably that because I have it. And they're painful sores? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, then, like recently, she's been thinking about getting seriously involved with the guy. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking to me. And he was saying, um, we were talking about various things that he needs to know about her. And that came up about, like, having her having any diseases and he didn't have any idea you told him this no what kind of conference was this <laughs> what other things did he want to know oh <laughs> like if she thinks that being tied up is weird or not i don't know but um wow but- this is a really interesting approach go to the friend and do the interview yeah get yourself a nice dossier and uh <laughs> Interview, yeah, pre-interview the friend. I, I guess you know you're going to get the straight dope. Do you know this? Did you know this guy beforehand? Well, well, no. Um, he's like really good friends with her. They went to college together, I guess, or something. I don't know. 
and um, I'm just like guys tend to I get along really well with men. Uh-huh. Um, oh, <laughs> um, I'm like you know they they tend to like to bond with me or confide or whatever. So um, you have a large brass. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Usually when guys uh, like to bond or confide with a woman, it means she has big jugs. <laughs> That's how guys work, by the way. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't, uh, I, you didn't know that? No. It's... Oh, I burst your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it might have had something to do with it. But anyway, I still like to, you know, give, you know, do what I can, regardless of the whole breast issue. Okay, so did you tell... <laughs> Did you tell him that she? We, we had... are we are devolving as a race. We certainly are. With you well, at the helm, we're going back to the sea. Yeah, bro. well, like, indeed, you're leading us back. Like uh, like like so much sewage. Mina, did you tell her that that uh, tell him that she had the happies? No, I didn't say she didn't. Though I mean, I I said that it was something they needed to talk about. That, yeah, that, that, that means yes. But but, but yeah. that's the extent of what you need to do right there. That's it. Don't get involved any more than that. But, you're already way too involved. Somehow you're going to be the bad guy. She, she has an obligation to tell him if she, in fact, knows that's what she has. See, I don't think that she's really, um, she understands the extent of, like, what she has. And, like, you know, she doesn't want to have kids. But, like, you know, she hasn't been to a doctor. And I, like, tried to get her, get well, her to read. Just remind her that it's going to increase her risk of cervical cancer. And that's really the only significant problem with this disease. And she's got to get followed up for at least annually and probably biannually pap smears. Okay, so I shouldn't, he, so if he asks me? If he asks, you you said the right thing, that he needs to talk to her about it. That's right. It's not your place. And she has an obligation to tell him, that's a fact. Okay. I don't know what state you're calling from, but some of that is a a legally, uh, a legal imperative. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, (laughs) this is, this uh, happies is something that stays with you your entire life. Yeah. And if someone gave that to you, knowingly, if they knew it and gave it, because a lot of people don't know they have this thing, but she seems to know, or at least, at least her denial is such. Maybe she hasn't really accepted yet that she has it, but she needs to see a doctor but deal with it, get through that denial, and then deal with it. Mm. Yeah, Mina, listen, you're her friend. Talk to her. I tried. She's a lot older. Well, not a lot, but she's enough older than me so that she thinks. All right. That I'm over. Well, keep encouraging the guy to talk to talk. Okay. To her, all right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Talk about irresponsible. I mean, you have the happies. You're, you're with six guys. Well, first off, the way the guy passed it on to her was uh, she was like, hey, what are these lesions? Um, well, I have happies, so probably happies. Hey, thanks for that. Okay. I'm glad I picked you up from that red onion and we had 10 minutes of drunken sex. It was worth it because now I have this for the rest of my life. Tremendous. Wear condoms. That's the bottom line here. Jill. Yes. You're on Loveline. Hi, Drew. Hi, Adam. Hey, Jill. What's up? I just want to know where um, the sperm goes when a man comes inside of you. Is this one of those things like what's the sound of one hand clapping or if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it? No, it's a legitimate question. Oh, it's a real question. Okay. It's a real question. I mean, I had a hysterectomy. don't have a uterus. Where does it go? Into the vagina. And yeah, but then a lot where? of it kind of leaks out. Oh, <laughs> so it gets absorbed, and just, that's it. Oh, that's that 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 uh, sliming you get when they're on top. You know what I'm talking about, Jero? <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, why? What, are you, what is it you're you're actually concerned about? Oh, I'm just wondering. I mean, I don't have a uterus anymore. I mean, it, I've had kids, and I very little. 
the sperm goes up there. Very little of it gets up there anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, so it just kind of gets absorbed? Well, yeah. uh, let me explain. And or just falls it out. goes on. It goes, you know, a certain percentage. I think about 40% of it will end up in the comforter. Another 60%, or actually about 55% <laughs> will be in the sheet. And then there's the 5% miscellaneous mystery sperm, which could be anywhere spread out between the hamper or the kitchen. You know, that sometimes will just get caught in your hair and you wear it to work. But after you then wash the sheet, the sperm will... Uh, will drain out and go down, and eventually it ends up in the bay. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to make the case that there's some kind of undersea, under 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 the city that, sperm world or something that's evolving now. Come on, Drew. I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Uh, Jill, how, how old are you now? 27. And why did you have hysterectomy? Um, because I had all kinds of female problems and um, all cramps all my life. And I had For problems pel- with my pregnancies. Um, what kind of problems? Well, I had... I was stillborn the first time, mm-hmm. then I had um, emergency cesarean the second time, and I had a cesarean by my choice on the third time because I wanted to get my tubes tied. None of that has anything to do with why somebody would get a hysterectomy. Because I had um, endomyosis. Endometriosis. No, endomyosis. Oh, endomyosis. I see. So you had you had sort of uterus growing into the wall of mm-hmm. the of the muscle of the uterus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's that's the reason. Drew, right. what's a stillbirth? Is that just being born dead? Right. One thing, and then we we'll call it that. You call huh? it that if you want. Oh, okay. Stillbirth. Well, I don't know. You always hear stillbirth. I don't know if it was. Uh, all right. That's it. Boom. You're yeah. born. Okay. See, yeah. that was delicate. Yeah. Thanks. Adam. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people listening. I assume it meant you're born. Well, you didn't for, have thanks any. Thanks for bringing us up. I appreciate it. Yeah, all right. Uh, but, but Jill, uh, anything else going on? I mean, you're okay? Oh, no. I'm, I've, I mean, I've never felt better in my entire life. You're just curious. All yeah. right. Let's not just live in the past, Drew. Let's just go She's fish your uterus out of the, don't worry, the it's not dumpster gonna, it's not gonna, the hospital it's and not, get sewn back in. It's not going to affect gone. you at all in terms of your... Shouldn't affect you all in terms of your sexual performance and whatnot. Okay. Really? Okay. Oh all right. yeah. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye bye. I oh, think that's better. what she was worried about. I think that's the reason for the question. Yeah. No. It's it helps even sexually. Well, if she, well, it does if she was having a lot of pelvic pain and whatnot. It takes that all away. Right. It's like when you're a kid, you got a bicycle. You took the chain guard off. You know what I mean? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to follow you tonight, Adam. I'm even trying to preempt you. I'm really all over the place. Well, you really are. I have right. no idea what you that is. You be you. It's just great. Thank you. Jacob. Oh, I've been trying two months to get on here. <laughs> yeah, two months seems to be the standard length of effort to get on this. It's never a <laughs> month and a half. It's never three months. It's always two months, which yeah. always leads me to believe it's BS. But go ahead, Jacob. <laughs> I've been listening to your show for the, like the past three months, and you guys are great. I stay up every night to hear you. Thank you. Okay. Um, I went out with this girl for about a month and a half, and I was just completely in love with her, and I thought she was completely in love with me. And then I go off for Christmas break, and I'm gone the full two weeks, and I get back, and she kind of treats me like crap. Right. Mm-hmm. And she dumped, and we kind of break up, and then she goes out with a good friend of mine like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. And I see them together every day, and I have problems with it. Should I go up and confront her about it? No. Or should I just keep it all in? Mm. I don't know if you should keep it in necessarily, but you, you should just accept what is and let that relationship drift away. Don't have any kind of interaction with her if you can possibly avoid it. Was she your first sort of love? Um... Basically, yeah. Yeah. So as Adam was saying tonight, that's the that's the uh, yeah. that is that and is the, just hellacious. I mean, the average duration that it takes someone to get over a, a lost relationship of like this is about not not so much the first time, but just on average six months, and that yeah. six months really has to be with no oh, contact, great. if at all possible. 
Alrighty. So you got to just kind of hang in there. The the most important thing you can do is not hold your feelings in, but find people that you can express yeah, them yeah, to, yeah, I've talked who to can them. support you, and then get on with your life. Because as soon as you find somebody else, suddenly those feelings will magically disappear. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I let her like ruin my life. I we mean, got it. I, I go on, but it's just Good. like depressing me to see her with him. Of course. Every day. Of course. But l- let it be. Let me give my quick take on this, too, by the way. <clears throat> and this is uh, would fall in the heading of uh, legitimate advice, something we've we've been in desperate need of you've been, tonight. At you've least been avoiding me. it pretty carefully. No, but I, I, this I've given some thought to. Oh. You're going to, when when the relationship ends, especially if you're the, the dumpy, which means not that you got dumped, dumped, but that they took a dump on you before uh, they dumped you. you are, you've been dumped. Dumped upon. You've been dumped upon and dumped in every way uh, imaginable. You're going to be miserable. It could be six months. It could be a year. Mm-hmm. You are going to be, especially if it's your first relationship, right. you're going to be torn apart. Here's the important thing. You must keep going, and you must be able to look back at this time in years to come and go, at least I didn't waste my life. Meaning right. I kept up with my studies. Right. I kept going to the gym. You know, I didn't drop out of school right. and spiral into alcoholism and drug abuse. Over, I mean, over, over this stupid thing. Right. This happened to me. When I was like 19 or 20. You spiraled into drug abuse and the... No, I'm doing that now. Oh. Then I had a stronger constitution and I just said, I'm miserable. I feel like crying every day, but I'm just going to, I'm going to work. I'm going to study. I'm going to do whatever I have to do and I'm going to keep up. And even if I'm sort of ruined inside, I'm not going to let it ruin my life on the outside because that's what you can't get back. I mean, there are going to be times in your life when you're unhappy, but you can't pack it in. Right. And we'll be back. Love, 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 look, you go ahead. Love line, it will be right. Love line, love line, love, sorry, but we don't have that kind of time. Love line will be right back. Hey, we said that. Yeah, you did. Stamps.com, a quick trip to the post office, please. You make me laugh. Huh. Isn't that good? Ha ha! Har! That sounded like a pirate. <laughs> that sounded weird. <laughs> yeah, that kind of laugh. You know, quick trip to the post office. Driving, parking, waiting in line. A hassle. Do what we do. Use stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage right from your own computer. And you print it out right at home. They'll even send you a digital scale that automatically calculates the exact postage for any letter, package, or class of mail. they got a special offer. Use the promo code CLL, Classic Love Line, CLL, for a no-risk trial. 110 buck bonus offer. You get the digital scale. You get 55 bucks free postage. The scale goes right in the computer. tells exactly how much your parcel weighs and prints out the exact amount of posts you need from your own printer. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in CLL. That's stamps.com. Promo code CLL. And now, let's enjoy some classic love line. Yes, 1-800-L-O-V-E-191. That would be the number for Loveline. Fax number 310-854-4455. His name, Dr. Drew. My name, Adam Carolla. And her name, Sophia. Hi. 
Um, I'm calling because I need a guy's point of view. <laughs> I um, I know this guy. We've been, you know, working and going to the same university for two years. He's extensively shy, and I want to know how to get his attention, but at the same time not be so forward that I bug him off. Mm-hmm. So this is the guy, a guy you're you've been into. You essentially, you, you've been sort of emotionally stalking this guy for a couple of years. No, not not really. What does what does shy mean? Huh? What what does shy mean? Um, shy means like he comes into work, he'll talk to me, he'll you know do his shopping or whatever, and if there's anyone standing at my register or anybody around me, he will not say goodbye. He'll slink out. But if I'm by myself, he will he will come up to me and talk to me and say goodbye. But that's how extensive. Is he hiding something? Is he married or embarrassed that he's? Is he keistered a uh, bag of three musketeers and he's trying to get it out? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you work at a supermarket? Uh, kind of. I work in a pharmacy and it has a, a kind of a, a drugstore kind of thing connected to it. Mm -hmm. Does he ever buy weird, embarrassing things and have to end up at your check stand? No, no condoms. No, no like suppositories or. Uh, no. Some sort of salve you'd rub, rub on your testicles or something like uh, no. nuts away or something. I, I don't know what they have, but they got to have something. No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He just buys lunch. We work in the same mall, and he's in the store next to mine. All right, you want to know how to get his attention. Yeah, but but not so bluntly that I push him away because he's, he's extensively well, shy. All right, I got, I got news for you, so Sophia. He's away now. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> what do you care if he's 10 feet or 20 feet? He's away. Yeah, I, I think guys like this can only be dealt with with very direct uh, uh, confrontation. And, well, I just don't want to like um, you know how some girls will, will go around to a guy's work or whatever, and it's like they're almost stalking him or something, and the guy's like, okay. And... You, you just don't want him to think that you're so to speak that kind of person. Right. Uh, well, but you also need to be able to make contact with him and let right. him make his own judgment well, about, about who you are. The only way you're going to be able to do it is if you're very direct with him. You think so? Yeah. Even with a shy guy. Very direct. Well, I don't know. I think he'll go running. <laughs> I, I suspect the shy guys, the passive guys, are even more in need of the direct contact. Uh -huh, They're less know. likely to initiate, less even likely like to less likely to pick up on the cues, and need more direction. And let's not uh, discount the whole gay theory, too. By the way, <laughs> no, I, I don't think he is. <laughs> you don't? Yeah, I don't know how he would have fared with the uh, gay aptitude test. No, the uh, the gat. <laughs> And most of my gay friends are not shy at all. They're very flamboyant. <laughs> so. Uh huh. Any any anything you'd like to add to the Gantt test? Anything that I left off there? Um, flaming, I don't know, flaming arm hair or something. <laughs> no, most of my gay friends are very flaming, very flamboyant. This this is the kind of guy who would sit in the back of the room at a dance club and never move, kind of guy. But all right. He's very sweet. Listen, you're gonna have to kickstart the guy like a, a rusty moped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, sort of. I'm just afraid that um, he'll think I'm, I'm too forward. Sophia, let him decide for himself who you are after you develop a relationship. I think the yeah. only way you're going to have relationships is if you are a little bit forward with him. Yeah, you at least have to make that initial move. Otherwise, I mean, right. I don't know. She's yeah. living in a world of make-believe like Angie, baby. Tanya. Tanya. Hi. Um, hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey. Okay. My problem is um, one night I had two of my friends over. And one of my friends confessed that she was a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And um, my other friend's very religious, and she starts yelling at her and stuff like that. And my friend that confessed, she starts crying and stuff like that. And I was stuck in the middle of it, and mm -hmm. I don't, Sad. I don't know what to do. 
I support your friend, the one that was crying. I mean, I felt very sad for her that she mm-hmm. comes up with something that's so difficult for her to admit and difficult for her to deal with and uh, and uh, sort of intimate information, and your friend uh, blasts her for it. How old's the lesbian friend? Um, she's 15. Oh, that's great. So she comes out. That ought to drive her underground for another 15 or 20 yeah. years. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and the friend that was uh, that was uh, yelling at her obviously is very threatened by this. Mm-hmm. She and doesn't. She's very religious. She's sitting here saying, if God wanted um, there to be lesbians and gay people around here, they would have made a uh, like Eve and uh, but it, you know it, some other girl. But as much as anything, that's just a intellectual <laughs> defense against how threatening she finds. She wasn't more friend. poignant than that, Tanya. <laughs> she said Eve and uh, some other girl. Uh, yeah, there's the Adam and Steve joke. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about what God wants. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's he, he has bigger fish to fry, at least on Fridays, than uh, than uh, your lesbian friend. Yeah. I love all that. I love, <laughs> all right, I'm not going off on religion, but these people, if God wanted, you know that, like, you know what the hell you're talking about? You're living in a freaking trailer. If yeah. God wanted, man, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I just, All right, Tiny. Yeah, be, be, be good to your be good to your um, lesbian friend. I hate teenagers, calling teenagers lesbians. Right, it, it is a little premature to be calling them anything, frankly, because people well, often have a lot of confusion about their sexual orientation. Well, yeah, she's already had a couple experiences. But, all right, but so. you need to, you know, who? How old was she when she had her first one? I think she was thirteen or fourteen. I'm yeah, not I mean, really she's sure. So young. I mean, it's, it's it must all be very confusing and painful well, for her. Yeah, so, so support her with that and and get her. You know, just support her. I'm sure she needs friends and needs understanding friends who can really uh, help her through this time. It's going to be difficult for her. And yeah. get rid of this uh, Anita Bryant Jr. You're you're bringing over for your sleepovers. You don't need her. She's <laughs> well, stinking been, up the mix. I've been friends with her since I was like in third grade. So. Well, well, let me can, tell you, she can be your friend too, but I don't yeah. think she can be with the three of you any longer. And let yeah. me just tell you, history is not going to be kind to her. Yeah. Or the future is not going to be kind to her, I should say. I, I suspect a lot of weird pent-up stuff with this chick. And I think she's going to go on to, uh, she's going to be, the next time, you're going to run into her in 10 years, she will be uh, pulling a train with a bunch of Marines. <laughs> well, That's okay. how it works. <laughs> All right, Tanya. All right, thanks. Mahala. Drew? <laughs> like when Drew, I just, I love to watch him point. Rachel. Hi. Hey. How you doing? <laughs> All right, this is kind of an odd question, but uh, getting onto the odor subject, we've all been there. Mm. I'm 23 years old. Yes. And uh, in the last couple months, I've noticed kind of a sour smell coming from my genital area. Right. I bathe every day, mm-hmm. constantly, and it's becoming a problem. I notice it. You weren't transporting any backyard fruit, were you? Not at all. Okay, because some people, they'll do anything. Backyard to... fruit? They'll, I don't know where he comes up with this stuff. You see the sign when you're, like, entering Nevada or whatever, please, no backyard fruit. And some people will go to any length to evade the authorities. Uh, you know I what see. I'm saying? I see. Get those med flies into California. <laughs> he could have, all like, right. a bag of uh, lemons where the sun don't shine. That's Rachel, all I'm saying. that's a sign of an infection in the vagina. Okay. And most likely either trichomonas or gardnerella. Okay. And they are pretty easily treated these, day, these days. In fact, sometimes just a vaginal cream for a week takes care of okay, it. Okay, is it a normal infection that just comes to women? Because I'm in a, I'm in a monogamous relationship. I've been yeah. Five years. Yeah, it can occur spontaneously, and it can also be a sexually transmitted disease. Okay. If a man contacts it, he'll he can harbor it in the penis and transmit it then, uh, and it does also seem to just develop spontaneously sometimes. Okay, so I should just go see my physician. Yep. 
It's very easy to treat. Thank you. Okay, and I'll, you ought to be screened for other things, too, just to make sure that's the, the infection it is. But and when you most... go to the gynecologist with those types of problems, it's best to tip a little extra on those days. Am I right, Drew? <laughs> no. A little something for the effort. You know what I'm saying. No, it's best to be straightforward, honest. We see this kind of stuff all the time. All I'm saying is in the military, you get a little bump up for the hazardous duty pay. You know, when you go on the, the minesweep in the Mekong Delta, they give you a little something extra because there's a little more danger involved. Yeah, and? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tiffany. Yeah. You're on Loveline. Drew, put your Drew, put your hand down. Just, just ask for help. You're always wrong. I don't know anything about radio, but one thing I do know is you're always wrong when it comes to radio. What do you need, another 14 years in this business? <laughs> I've not paid attention one minute to the radio part of this job. Tiffany. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> What's your question? Um, I have a problem. Um, I'm four months pregnant by my ex-boyfriend. He has another girl pregnant. Well, I didn't tell anybody, you know, until I knew for sure that I was pregnant. You're four months pregnant by your ex-boyfriend, and he has another girlfriend? Yeah. And she's two months pregnant. No, I don't know how far along she is. But she's pregnant. Yeah. Okay, see, when I'm running things, guys like this will be pulled out and sterilized. That's it. You screw up twice. Boom. That's it. No doubt, huh? No doubt. Because. Anyways, yeah, all right. All right. Go okay, ahead. So I didn't even tell my best friend. And um, she, I really care about her a lot. She, you know, she's like, she's like my best friend. Anyways. And um, well, after I told her, it seemed like every, like our whole group, the whole relationships between everybody changed. Everybody's fighting and stuff. And she constantly, constantly fights with me. Mm-hmm. And we have other friends, too. And. Like, I'll go someplace with them, and she just gets all mad or whatever. Wait, this is your best friend, but this has nothing to do with the other girl who got pregnant? No. You don't know her no, or anything? Okay, she's not involved. Because my best friend calls her and asks about how she's doing. So and you're... They, didn't, they weren't even friends. All right, I have I, I have a take here. What's I've come up with a theory. Your best friend is, is seeing she's the a... ex-boyfriend, too. No. Oh, well, that no. could be. She this used she... to like him, I know. Okay, but here... No. Before me and him got together. This is, uh, uh, uh-huh. So this guy had her, too. No, she's seeing, okay, the girl that's seeing yes. she's hmm? seeing her brother. She's, so I think she's, like, trying, I don't know what she's doing. I don't know what the deal is, but I, like, tried to talk to her tonight. We all got in a big old fight, and I just told him that I want all of them to leave me alone. Well, what what someone do? Just put a fence up around your town and corral everyone in the middle and say, start, ha- y'all start having sex? Was it, like, four guys in this? Where are you calling from? Bakersfield. Oh. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no kidding. No, but um, the guy that Mandy's kind of seen, he's got a girl pregnant, too. Yeah. The, All right. The brother of the girl that Joey's with. All right. Anyways. Fantastic. So, anyway. This is, this is wonderful. Forget about this uh, Savannah show. They ought to just make one called Bakersfield. Listen. A bunch of people sitting around screwing all day and drinking beer. I guess. Um. But she like she's always getting mad at me about nothing. I mean, she's well, right. Tiffany, there there is, there's a hidden thing. Some, there's missing ah, information. I know what it is. What is it? Tiffany, because she came out with the pregnancy thing, is getting some extra attention. No, no, it's no. Not. So, there's there's something much more. There's some undercurrent of something. Something has got everybody's emotions charged up and I on mean, edge. Everybody. And everybody. when you don't know what it is, but you're going to have to figure it out and find out. And you're going to have like, to confront these people. 
very directly and repeatedly with what is going on here. What is the problem that is disrupting these relationships? That's what I want to know. And we can't guess. We can't guess, and you can't guess. You're going to have to ask them for the information, and they're going to have to give it to you. Tiffany? Yeah. You're going to put the youngin up for adoption? You're going to raise it yourself? What are you going to do? I'm going to raise it myself. The Mandy wanted me to get an abortion, like, the whole time. Right. And she's all, I'll take you. You know, you got to get it done. you got to go. you got to get it done. Well... I never believed in abortion until Maybe I got that's pregnant. what she's mad about. Maybe she's worried how she's going to lose you. You're not going to share the same kind of life any longer. I don't know longer. what the deal is. She really All right. Well, listen. Listen. Confront her. I have, and we fight. And we fight. All right. Tiffany, listen. We don't have time for this. You have to do it in a very mature way. And if she starts getting combative, you have to be the one that brings it back down to a conversational tone. You have to be the mature one. You understand? I've tried. Try it again, and we'll be back. Call Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. The phone call is free. The advice is free. Then it's up to you. Loveline, we'll be right back. You know, we love hearing from you, so keep on sending those tweets and comments, because we read every one of them. Your opinion is important. That's why we don't want you to miss the chance to take our listener survey at podcastone.com. You see, your responses will help us make this show the very best it can be. It's not a lot of effort, because it'll only take you about three minutes, and you'll get the instant gratification that comes with knowing that you helped us get better. So do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. And don't forget, keep those tweets and comments coming. Thank you. God bless you. I love you all. I want to thank the lovely Ann, the lovely Sam, the lovely Sherry, the lovely Mike, the lovely Dr. Drew, and the semi-attractive Adam Carolla. And we'll talk to you tomorrow night. So that's it, then. The opinions expressed on Loveline by Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, or anyone are not necessarily ours. Be happy. Be happy. Happy, happy, happy. happy. The next producer is Ann Wilkins. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This episode originally aired March 20th, 1996. It's a Wednesday night show. Uh, up top, we should tell you, episode 123 seems to be lost from the archive, sadly. Uh, we don't know the guest on it, but we do know that the gay aptitude, the gap test, was played because of this episode. And episodes 121 and 122 were too incomplete to release. On 121 and 122, it seems they first played the Dr. Drew Shuffle, or Dr. Drew Boogie, uh, one of the two. Uh, it still doesn't have a name yet. They have a loose uh, description for it, but no actual title. They call it Can I Say That? It's the first Dr. Drew song. It's essentially just the Dr. Drew Boogie. They imply it premiered on 122. They say for sure it definitely was not played on episode 123, which is the one that's completely missing from the archive. At this time, Drew's still protesting the clips in the song, and Adam even hints at Enger Mike to come up with a song for him, but a real one isn't actually ever made for Adam until Enger Anderson creates his Millionaire song, which debuted on January 6th, 2002. 
If there is a full version Mike created for Adam, it may be lost to the archive or as yet unknown. Keep listening. The guest is Justin Whalen from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. He plays Jimmy Olsen. This is his first appearance of the Adam Carolla era, and he would return for episode 1353 from December 5th of 2000, promoting his role in Dungeons & Dragons, the live-action feature film. Adam shares his dad's spaghetti sauce recipe for the first time, references the happies, his code word for herpes, and even has a funny riff with Justin about Dean Cain stuffing his underwear on the show, uh, which Drew objects to with the classic, All right, all right, all right! Adam announces the hat test, the heterosexual aptitude test, will premiere tomorrow night on episode 125. It'll be Thursday, March 21st, 1996. And the lat lesbian aptitude test will be coming up next week. And hilariously, Adam refers to his one minion. As per usual, this was recorded in 1996. Some of the medical advice is going to be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Modern Day Loveline. They'd love to take your call. 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get it on. This concludes another Podcast PodcastOne.com program.